welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. I'm Richard, your announcer, coming to you again wherever you happen to be on this beautiful day. Biblical Truth Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Hebrews 11.1 And without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. Hebrews 11.6 Resultant exhortation, encouragement, and our soul's assurance. The Bible teaches that prayer is the chief and perpetual exercise of faith. Prayer cannot help but express the hope and joy that are inevitably attached to faith. John Calvin Our purpose, igniting a growing, biblical, dynamic, sincere, soul-satisfying communion with our Savior. And now, once again, here's your host, Fred. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this beautiful day. We do bless you, and we thank you for your abundant mercies to us. We bow before you, Holy God, sweet Lord Jesus Christ, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we would ask that you would move in power to help us to learn how to pray and to come to you each and every day for your glorious name's sake. We present today to you, we pray that you would do your will, that you would sweep away anything that is too light for Christian consumption and make us a meal to learn our dependence on you and our ability to pray. We bow before you today to bless you and thank you for all these things in the name of Christ, our Savior. Amen. Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. If you are listening for the first time, my name is Fred, and I'm the host of the podcast. And if you've been here before, and this is not a new podcast, my name is still Fred, and I'm still the podcast host. Thank you for coming back or welcome to the podcast for the first time. We are going to do over the next few weeks just a series of a review and welcome over the first principles that we learned in the beginning of the podcast. And so today we wanted to start with what mirrors as the first introduction that we had, which is basically why we are doing the podcast, why it's here at all. And that's what you're listening into. So again, especially if you're new, welcome. We are glad you are here. And I'm sorry, my voice is a little off today as well. Not sure what's going on, but a little bit of summertime stuff. In any case, welcome. And if you've been around at all, this is going to be basically review. And if you've been listening from the beginning or listened back, to gone back and listened to the early shows, which is all brave of you to do that from the early days, you know that for a long time I have felt very strongly that the Lord, part of the calling that I have from the Lord in the time I have last left, is to encourage and exhort and inform, as you heard Richard say, God's people about prayer. This all actually permeates all of my life. It's not just this podcast, but everywhere. I I just long for all of God's people to know a healthy, growing prayer life. Today then, the outline is going to be fairly simple. I'm going to give you a little bit of history, my history and history that led to the podcast itself. And then I'm going to, we'll talk a little bit about what prayer means to my soul. And then I'm going to try to encourage the importance it is, the important thing it is for all God's children to learn the discipline or the art or the habit 
however you want to term that, of prayer. Holy communion, Holy communion with God is what it really is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that's basically the outline that we're going to do today. Now, I mentioned I have felt that the Lord wanted me to teach prayer for a very long time. And part of the reason is just part of my history. That's what we're going to talk about in the beginning. And we did cover in the very early episodes of the podcast my life and prayer and how I've grown in prayer and how I came to be to have what I call a prayer ministry. So you can find that in the other episodes. As we go through the blasts from the past, you may run onto those as well as you're listening, re-listening to those, to them, to those. Now, for me, all of this started out actually to be transparent about 1991 with my own needs in prayer. That's the transparent part. At that time, I was finding that my prayer life had become stale. It was consistent, and the, my intercession was consistent, but by that time, adoration and worship had become very stale and repetitive, repetitive for me, and I realized that I was actually skirting the line of vain repetition with my praise to God. That's how bad it had gotten. I began then to look for prayer helps, prayer outlines, prayer notebooks, anything that might help stir my prayer life to the excitement levels that it was, especially when I first began to pray. And I didn't find any. So for my own soul, I took the time and developed, I developed one for myself. And it was very effective for me. I enjoyed it a lot. It really, really helped. And then I gave some unsolicited as presents, 25 of them, and found a few months later that 12 out of the 25 people had been using the prayer journal as well. And I called it the Prayer Warriors Journal, and I published it. And right now I'm revising it to republish. I've sold a few of them over the years. Now, just for me personally, really quickly, the journal took what the way we would say it today, is it took my prayer time to the next level. My passion for worship, thanksgiving, just really exploded. It really blossomed. And I hate to use the word efficient when I'm talking about prayer because it is so personal and so intimate for me. But my intercession became much more efficient. And the number of people that I prayed for increased almost immediately three or four times. And it has gone up over the years. All because that outline, that prayer journal, helped me discipline and get through those prayers. And my mind didn't wander either. Be that as it may, as I've built some more habits, different habits, that number has increased as well, which I just love. And it makes me feel like I can say with integrity to people, I will pray for you about that. Because I will. And I put it in my list and I don't forget them. And some of them are very old. Nevertheless, when I was doing my research for prayer journals and about prayer and reading through the Bible, just specifically through the, through the prayers of the Bible, I was really surprised to find so many Christians who had a terrible struggle with prayer. And it really pulled at my soul, my heartstrings, if you will. And I was a little confused. And it wasn't only just Christians that were not talking to him or found it difficult to pray on a consistent basis. It was pastors and theologians and famous, effective church leaders over the years who struggled with their prayer. And it was at that time that the Lord planted the seeds 
for me to really feel like he was calling me to motivate the redeemed of God to daily communion with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. From the first year of my salvation, as I read through the Bible, it was the second or third time through that Ezra 7.10 became my life verse. And the passage and the verse says, For Ezra had said in his heart to study the law of the Lord and to practice it, and to teach his statutes and ordinances in Israel. As time went on, the calling, the feeling that I had that God was calling me to teach prayer in a different way, just kept increasing. And again, you can listen back to some of those episodes, and I talk about that that process. And for me, one of the, the most telling things is I would say to the Lord every few months or few years, okay, Lord, I'm I've been fooling myself. This isn't what you called me to, so I'm going to stop praying about this. And then I would find myself unconsciously praying about it again and again. And so over the years, I just was not able to shake that call of God on my life. And the bottom line for me, though, is in prayer, the meaning and necessity and satisfaction of knowing God more and more through prayer, it's just I can't even imagine a Christian living without prayer, without praying consistently. And my heart breaks for the children of God who miss the presence of God because they don't stop and do what the Puritans called secret prayer, time alone with God. And one last thing before we move on really quickly is when I began the podcast, I realized that that there is no earthly reason for anyone to listen to a podcast from Fred. There just isn't. And part of what I decided to measure as success would be that I would get episodes out onto the internet, which would be there for as long as there's internet. And I really did it more for Christians who might come along years after this and find encouragement and exhortation to prayer. So that was my real goal in mind, was just to get some stuff out so that in the future, when somebody else was struggling like like I was in the 1990s, they might be able to run across these podcasts and help them out in prayer. That That was my goal. The Lord has really blessed, and it's admittedly in the podcast world, really modest, but there are thousands of downloads and 37 countries where people listen to this podcast. And I don't mention that a lot because some of them, a lot of them, they're not supposed to be listening. There's a lot of closed countries that are on that list of people who listen to my podcast. So I don't talk about it a lot, but they're there. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm really excited about that. Because it's my passion, as God is my witness, that my heart hurts. I've said it before. I'll say it again. My heart hurts for God's people who do not avail themselves of daily conversation with the God who loves us, the God who loves our souls and died for our souls. And it is a conversation. We will see a little bit of that today, but we talk to him in prayer. We listen to him in the word. And in the future, we're going to talk about hierarchy of reasons and results that we pray. And I'll explain that when we get to there again. Again, if you listen to the older ones, you'll find them. For today, though, the ultimate reason there's a podcast from my soul is my heartbroken sorrow over Christians who do not draw close to God through prayer. It really does. It pains me when I hear that. 
And now in that conversation, where we're going to go now is we're going to look at a couple of things in that conversation. The first one begins in Psalm, is Psalm 54, 4. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the sustainer of my soul. And my soul is sustained through daily prayer and Bible reading. And again, in past episodes, you know, if you've listened, that my struggling with depression, as I did for many, many years, and still do a little bit, there were some periods of, periods of time, long periods of time, when the only peace I had was in prayer and in Bible reading. And I would get up off my knees and immediately the depression and the sorrow and the fear would come rushing back. And it was truly that way. And I wasn't sure, it was a couple of times when I wasn't sure that I was sane, but the Lord kept moving and I'm as sane as, as I can be, I suppose. But I couldn't get from day to day without that prayer. And there was no joy in my life unless I was praying, other than interactions with my family. And you may be saying, well, Christians aren't supposed to be depressed. We discussed that October 21st, I believe, in, 19, in 2019, or maybe even 2018. There's a podcast on that. And I remember that because I get a lot of comments on that one. But the sustainer of our, of our soul is known and powerful as we listen and talk to him. Again, if you're really surprised by a depressed Christian or a Christian who's struggling with being sad, I'm here to tell you if you do not know or did not know before that you could call out like this, why is light given to him who suffers, who long for death, but there is none? Parenthetically, I prayed many nights to wake up in heaven and not on earth. Back to the the verses. And dig for it more than hidden treasures. That's death that they dig for. Who rejoice greatly, they exalt when they find the grave. Why is the light given to a man whose way is hidden and whom God has hedged in? And I know that feeling as well. Back to the verses. For my groaning comes at the sight of my food and my cries pour out like water. For what I fear comes upon me and what I dread befalls me. I am not at ease, nor am I quiet. I am not at rest, but turmoil comes, but turmoil comes. And if you didn't know, that's Job 3, 20 through 26. And I'll have these in this, the description as well. So that's Job's experience. If you turn to Lamentations 1 through 6, you'll hear Jeremiah say this. And this is at the end of his lamenting, or almost at the end of his lamenting. I am a man who has seen affliction because the rod of his, of his wrath, that's God's wrath, He has driven me and made me walk in darkness and not light. Surely against me he has turned his hand repeatedly all the day. And again, I felt like that. Back to the verse. He has caused my flesh and my skin to waste away. He has broken my bones. He has besieged and encompassed me with bitterness and hardship. In dark places he has made me dwell like those who have long been dead. At the end of this passage in Jeremiah or in Lamentations three seventeen and eighteen, they read this way: "And my soul has been rejected from peace. I have forgotten happiness. I say my strength is perished, and so has my hope from the Lord." And if you've never experienced that sorrow, glad I'm glad for you. But if you have and didn't think you could express it to the God who knows you and loves you, that's why this prayer, this podcast exists. 
And if you'll notice in Job and in the book of Jeremiah, Job, after, after his long lament, he's not rebuked for lack of faith or complaining. And God didn't give him an explanation either of what was going on, but God did rebuke him for his own pride, that's Job's, in approaching God. And Job demanded an explanation, and God basically says, I'm God, and you get no explanation. But Job was comforted and humble in that. And then Jeremiah, in Lamentations 3, and this may surprise you, this is one of the great surprises for me in my Christian life, in Lamentations 3, 19 through 26, remember my affliction and my wandering, the wormwood and bitterness. Here he's calling out to God. Surely my, soul's re- my soul remembers and is bowed down within me. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I have hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. To the person who seeks it is good that he waits silently for the Lord. Right there in the middle, the Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. That's where that hymn comes from. And he goes right from verse 19 of saying that he doesn't have any hope, or verse 18 saying he doesn't have any hope, right into launching into his hope because he knows God and he's talking to God. And if you've never felt that comfort in prayer, I'm telling you, it's there for you. God is there for you. He also talks to us in rebuke. And I've talked about these two passages a little bit, one a little bit more than the other. But even in those rebuke, there's such a sweetness in God's rebuke. In Psalm 16, 6, and I pray through, and I write my prayers down, and I've mentioned this before. I was praying through Psalm 16. I don't know how many times I'd prayed through it before, hundreds. And I prayed, the lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. And I lifted my eyes. You who have heard this before will know the story. I lifted my eyes up from my Bible, looked across the front of my car to the park I was looking over. And I just said, Lord, that isn't true. The lines haven't fallen to me on pleasant places. I wish I could say this is true, but I can't. Now, what you need to know before we go on is I consider my children and now my grandchildren my heritage. For years, I had called them my heritage. And the very next line, when I moved my eyes down back to my Bible, the very next line in the same verse says, Indeed, my heritage is beautiful to me. And I began to weep uncontrollably. How dare I say that to God? With the children that I have and the family that I have, they love the Lord Jesus. Their children love the Lord Jesus. They're both serving God in their churches and in their communities. My daughter and her husband, they run a little mission in inner city, Phoenix. My son, where he works with the youth and prays in his church. And I couldn't believe that I had the temerity to tell God that the lines haven't fallen to me with in pleasant places. This is not the first time you're going to hear this, but I wouldn't trade all of what I considered before and very much in my Christian life pleasant places for what he's done in my children, in my heritage. And so he rebukes us as well. He comforts us. But even in that rebuke, there is comfort. One that was a little bit funny for me, Psalm 119, 132. I was reading and praying and, and it says, Turn to me and be gracious to me after thy manner with those who love thy name. That's the verse. 
And I stopped again. I paused and I, I said, Lord, that's all I'm asking. And of course, I was thinking of the victory of Abraham, the victories of Moses and David, Stephen, the men in the New Testament, Paul. And as I thought about that, again, telling the Lord, that's all I ask. It occurred to me the troubles that David and Abraham and Moses had to go through to get to the place where they really followed God. Paul and his thorn in the flesh is an example. So again, I was rebuked. I do want to be have, have him be gracious to me after the manner of those who love thy name, but it's not always victory. Sometimes it's defeat and sometimes it's sorrow. There's another a verse that says, you pushed me violently, but God is the one who holds my hand. And I'm telling you, the great comfort of being broken before God is there for us. And even when he breaks us with his word and teaches us and rebukes us, it is a wonderful, beautiful, soul-satisfying thing. That's why the podcast is here. I can't imagine not having those experiences. And I would not trade any of those, even the rebukes, for anything in the world that I've experienced other than God himself. It's not a fair trade, I'm telling you. Prayerlessness is not a fair fair trade with whatever it is you're trading it for. And I usually don't get that firm, but it isn't. Whatever you're engaging in that's not prayer, or whatever you're doing is coming at the expense of your prayer time, it's really not worth it. It takes prayer and spiritual growth and time for that to for you to experience that. But I'm telling you, that's true. And I always think of Martha and Mary in John 11. Because the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit takes heed to our every cry. And as in John 11, when Martha came crying, Jesus gave her doctrine. That's what she needed. She needed to hear the word that he was the way, the truth, and the life. And not just for eternity, but for right now. Which I never made that connection until just now. But that's prayer. Prayer helps us see eternal life right now. Experiencing, experience God right now. Mary didn't have to wait, and we don't have to wait. And then all, that was Martha, I mean. And then all Mary needed was to know that her God and her Savior would weep with her. She was brokenhearted. She knew he could have done something about it. And all she could do was cry. And all Jesus, all he responded with was his own tears. As he knew that would comfort Mary more than anything else. And God is listening to you, and he will respond to what you need. And I was going to say, you can test me on that. You can challenge me on that. Give in to your new inner man. Practice prayer. Develop your prayer life. And you'll see that what I'm telling you is the truth. But that's not really what should move your heart in prayer. What should move your heart in prayer is remembering Psalm 91, 15. He will call upon me. That's you. And I will answer him. That's God answering you. And I will be with him in trouble, and I will rescue him and honor him. With a long life, I will satisfy him. And I believe that's the satisfaction is emphasized there, not the long. That's God's call to all of us. And the depth of hope and love and godly desire and joy and sorrow which draws us to him, gratitude, compassion, and zeal for him and righteousness, All that is found in the knowledge of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in this life, not the next, I said that just a bit ago, we can know God in an intimate way through his word and through prayer. That's why this exists. And I do weep in my prayer time for children who do not know prayer. 
That's the call. That's the exhortation. My prayer is in some way the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast can help you in that development. Thank you for listening. Until next time, we're praying that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, that all of us, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints altogether what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. Sweet Jesus, we pray that you fill us all up to the fullness of God. Help us not to rely on anything but you. No technology, no excitement, no continual entertainment, but holy communion with you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we pray this in your name. Amen. As always, thank you for listening. We look forward to hearing from you at www.frponprayer.com or freerangeprayer at gmail.com. And for all your voiceover needs, go to richarddurrington.com or durringtonr at gmail.com. Keep your dial here for our next episode. And if you have a dial, you just might need an upgrade. For Fred and I, have yourself a prayerfully fun-filled day.